Do you love Chip and Company podcast? Be sure to head over to chipandco.com for even more Disney Parks news, entertainment, and review podcasts. Chip and Company has been delivering the best in Disney news, planning tips, and more since 2009. Now you can get your news in an audio-only format all week long. Every Monday, join Mark and Greg for Diz Life Podcast and start your week off the right way by living your best Disney life. Tuesday is our news and review podcast discussing the latest breaking news from the Walt Disney Corporation. Every Wednesday, we're discussing the best of Disney parks with Chip and Greg. Join Bondo, Miriam, Tinker J, and Mark Andrade every single Thursday for We Like Theme Parks. And every Friday, join Mark and Greg on And Company as we break down the top headlines of the week. Fellow fans unite with Mark Adams and Brian Lee on United We Fan, the podcast. Now at its new home here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Get that extra dose of Disney in your weekly commute, your time on the treadmill, or even just relaxing around the house. So stop what you're doing and smash that subscribe button to be a part of the best podcast network in the Disney community. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast and thank you for being a part of our podcast family. Hello, fellow fans. I'm Mark. United with me is my co-host, the Sulla to my Marcus Brody. What up, Brian? Give him hell, Mark Adams. That's my best Sala oh, impression. Chills. No, that was good. Chills. Literal chills. On the last episode, Brian and I united with Mark from Diz Life Podcast to review season three of Ted Lasso. Brian, are you still going through withdrawals? It's bad, man. I need that show back in my life. And no offense to Secret Invasion. It's not exactly hitting the same emotions. Oh, we'll get to that in our new segment coming up later. On this week's episode, Brian and I will be reviewing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in our long and short non-spoiler and spoiler review. As United We Fan starts now on our new channel over at Chip and Company Podcast Network. All right, let's do this one last time. Truth is, I am Iron Man. Football is life. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. X never, ever marks this spot. Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? This is the way. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fans. Hello, new fans. We are now on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And Brian, that was a new intro, and I'm a big fan of it. That was a new intro. Some of it's old, some of it's new. I like it. Whatever. I like it. It's good stuff. Uh, please give us a rate or review wherever you listen to your podcast so we can unite with more fans out there. And thank you all for uniting with us as we talk about all things fandom. Brian, we have a new home. With that, we got spicy and we have a new segment. We have a new segment and we're going to call it the Disney Corner. So with the Disney Corner, we're going to be able to talk about anything in the world of Disney we want to talk about. Which, side note, I can't believe how many times the word Disney was in the first three minutes of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but let's talk about the Disney Corner. And we're going to take an original podcast origin here from United We Fan. And we're going to work in a random Rushmore for our Disney fans, Mark. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. 
Mark, I'm turning the tables on you. I'm running the random Rushmore this time, but why don't you tell our listeners what a random Rushmore is? For all of our new players at home, Brian is really smart, and I like to trip him up. So I give him a random Rushmore where he's got to pick his top four of some random topic. So this time in the Disney Corner, we're going to merge the two. Mark, I'm going to ask you your four favorite themed lands within Disney parks. So Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, not just the theme parks, but your actually four favorite themed lands within the parks you visited. Ah, see, you said that I visited. I wanted to put Avengers Campus on there. Have I visited it? No, but I was going to put it there. I need to go to Avengers Campus. I'm with you. I have not been to Avengers Campus. Did you see the new commercial Rogers the Musical? How long is Rogers the Musical? I, I think it's probably like 30 minutes. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. Wait, wait. Is Brian excited for a musical? A stage musical? Well, it's a Steve Rogers Captain America theme musical. Does it really count? It does. It counts, Brian. Then yes, Mark. I'm excited. (laughs) You've turned me. I saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child with Diz Life Mark. I'm a Broadway guy. It's one... One show on the one show at a time. I mean, the food looks good. The merchandise, I'm sure, is great. The production looks pretty. But you asked me for my four lands. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. All right. Um. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Um. I'm gonna go with Pandora. I think it's beautiful. Very well designed. Um. Beep 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 beep. beep. Um, I'm like walking through the parks right now in my head. I feel like every <laughs> Disney person who's listening is like, how dare you not know this? Um, Magic Kingdom, I'm going to go. You go. I'm thinking of my other two. You go. All right. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge absolutely qualifies. It's the same on both coasts. I'll go with East Coast, I suppose. Uh, Cars Land is definitely a top Ooh. four. Um, next, I'm going to go with Adventureland out at Disneyland Resort because it has the Indiana Jones attraction as well as um, Pirates of the Caribbean. This is not fair. Yeah, you do need to go to Disneyland. And I think I'm going to stay out at Disneyland uh, and I'm going to go with their Tomorrowland because it has Hyperspace Mountain specifically and Star Tours and Autopia is way better than Tomorrowland Speedway. Fight me. Fine, you didn't help me at all. Um, okay, so Pandora, Galaxy's Edge, the UK over at Epcot. Oh, nice that. one. Yeah, listener of the show, Piano Rob, plays there from time to time. Check him out, The Rose and Crown. And I'm going to go with, man, I lo- oh, uh, Sunset. The Boathouse at Disney Sunset. Springs, also for Piano Rob. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sunset for number four at Hollywood Studios. Sunset Boulevard was my number five, probably. That's a good call. So that was our random Rushmore. Please tune in. We're going to be reviewing things that we're watching on Disney Plus, such as Secret Invasion. We got two episodes of it. Um, Brian, you want to give us a quick thought on it? Uh, it's everything I was afraid the show was going to be of just trying to confuse the audience for the sake of confusing the audience. I think it'll wrap it up in a nice bow. I'm worried, um, but I also love Olivia Coleman with all my heart. 
Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think if you're a fan of the later Born movies and the later Mission Impossible movies. Which I am, which is why I'm surprised is... I'm having a hard time with it. I know. Mission Impossible coming soon, Brian. Um, so I'm enjoying it, but they're, they they do need to get cooking on something. So here's hoping. Um, actually, Brian, one more thing. Uh, it's it's raging the the Barbie Oppenheimer battle. I'm I'm quite entertained. Did you know the new thing is people aren't deciding which one to see the day of. They're doing double features. This makes me so happy. Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. I Barbieheimer. I don't understand. Like they're marketed for two different fan bases. Like obviously they're marketed for both of us. Like I understand that. Like I'll probably. I have no hype for the Barbie movie, man. I'm sorry. I have no hype what? for it. What? What? It doesn't have I'm, enough I'm a little more excited already. for Barbie. All right, friends. United We Fan is on the Chip and Company podcast network. That means we have sponsors. And this week's sponsor is... Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment home, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the world showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own Celebration and Golden Oak, Victor can introduce you to these communities which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on Shipping Company Podcast Network. Head over to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com and start living your magical life today. All right, welcome back, listeners. This week, Brian and I are reviewing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We're going to do a short, non-spoiler review, and then once it's time to roll out the spoilers, we will give you plenty of warnings with alarms and lots of warnings. Right, Brian? Right. We'll have warnings. But, Mark, I think we need to tell people that are new to us, where does Indiana Jones rank for you in your fandom world? Oh, this is a deep question. Hello, friends. Go ahead. Turn up the volume. Get closer to your speaker. Mark's going to talk to you about Indiana Jones. Unless you're driving, and then the just turn it up louder. Don't get closer to oh, the speaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to. I mean, drivers driving by might judge you. I won't judge you, though. It's fine. Everything's fine. All right. Indiana Jones and the Passion of Mark. Um... Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time. We did an episode on our favorite flicks, and it was easily my number one. Um, Brian was sweet enough to even buy me the novelization of the trilogy. I have read it. Thank you, Brian. Um, I forgot about that. That was a good gift. That was a great gift. Um, I've even watched the Young Indiana Jones Adventures, the TV show. It's now playing on Disney+. Plus. Check it out. It's gone under the radar. Some things were kind of dated, but it's still good. Um, I am someone who's who enjoys all well, all five movies. 
Um, we'll get to that later, but I enjoy the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, when I first saw it in theaters, I was disappointed, but then as soon as it came out on home release, I fell in love with it all over again, and I find uh, fun in it. So I have, let's see, two fedoras, two Indiana Jones hats. I was excited when we did our part one, part two of uh, reviewing and talking Indiana Jones, one, two, three, four, with our good listener friend show of good listener friend show, good listener of the show, Matt. So yeah, love Indy. Oh, and uh, the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is my favorite thing to do at Disney World. Whenever someone goes, what's your favorite ride? I change it to, how about my favorite attraction? Because it's the stunt show. That's just because you haven't ridden the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. You need to go. Uh, I know. You got the Indiana Jones ride. You got Avengers Campus. You got Rogers the Musical. You got Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You got Corn Dogs. I'm ready. You got Chili in a Cone at the Cozy Cone in Cars Land. It's great. Uh, I am not near as passionate about Indiana Jones as you are. Uh, Very few people are. Um, But listener of the show, Matt. Uh, does put you to shame, but that's okay. Follow him on sure Instagram does. at movieman1899. Really cool stuff on Instagram. Yep. Um, but I still I still like Indiana Jones. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade are the two best. Um, I like four out of five Indiana Jones films. Temple of Doom is hot garbage. Feeling hot, hot, hot. That's my hot take of the episode you. until later. Oh, until later. Yep, we do a hot take. It's just something Brian and I are spicy about. Um, we even did a poll one time. Brian said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is way better than Temple of Doom. And our listener voters uh, agreed with Brian on that. So, Like 80 to 20, yeah. right? Yeah, it was pretty bad. There was you all, uh, Kalima, my heart on that poll. So, Kalima. And you're just sitting there reading um, the poll results, see. yelling, see you in hell. Honestly, I wasn't surprised. I, I knew it was going to go that way. <laughs> I was, I'm, was I disappointed? Yes. Was I mad? No, I was just disappointed. <laughs> you are a dad already. Oh, speaking of which, here's my hot take. You ready for this, dad? All feeling right. So we sit down. I definitely am feeling hot, hot, hot. Um, sit down to watch Indiana Jones, the long-awaited return. And a couple sits next to me, and they have a baby. And, you know, it's like when you see a baby get on a flight, you're, and they sit there, you're like, oh, man, how's this going to go? Come on, kid, let's be friends. Kid sits there, and, um, like, the movie starts, and... I just, I am furious with the parents. Like, they start talking during the movie, Brian. That has nothing to do with the baby. Oh, I'm not saying my hot take was with the baby. (laughs) I'm mad at the parents. They talked a couple times. Luckily, they stopped. And then the, the dad checked his phone twice and then checked his smartwatch once. So, what I'm saying is, a baby had a better theater etiquette than these parents. Uh, I checked my phone and my smartwatch multiple times because this movie is 30 minutes too long. We will get to that. Sounds like you're ready for it. Um, So we're going to start with the short. It is non-spoiler, so no need to skip. Brian and I are very respectful of that. Um, 
I guess, Brian, we'll start off right away in the short. Um, where does this, this one rank out of the five movies for you? I think I would put it around. I, I think it's third. I do think it's way better than Temple of Doom. And I think it's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, though it has a lot of the same vibes as Crystal Skull in some aspects of the film. Um, don't let that scare you away from the film. There's parts of of Crystal Skull that I actually really enjoy. Um, but again, I I just I I did enjoy this movie. But is it a Raiders of the Lost Ark? It is it a is it a Last Crusade? Not to me. It is 30 minutes too long. I think it needed to be tightened up. Um, and there are places where I think they could tighten it up, and we'll talk about that when we go through our spoiler review. But I enjoyed the film. I did. It felt like an Indiana Jones film, which is really all you can ask for. Um, I also rank it number three. So three out of five, I think is pretty good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also agree. I think I could have trimmed, I think I could have trimmed 15 minutes of it. Um, overall, I had a lot of fun. It made me want to watch it again and experience it again. Um, which I think just shows that it fits in with the other Indiana Jones movies that it has a rewatchability. Um, the only thing I, besides it being a little long, I think it had the least amount of action in all of the Indiana Jones movies. And when you have an Indiana Jones movie, it's, you know, Indy is full of adventure and action. I don't need Michael Bay transformers like every two seconds, an explosion, but I, I think we could have used a little more action. But I also know that it was a different kind of adventure, a different kind of Indiana Jones. It wasn't the same one we had before. Indy, the, the, to quote him. Not the man I knew 10 years ago. It's not the years, right? It's the mileage. But I liked it a lot. But um, if you want good Indiana I Jones action, the first 15 minutes is, is classic Indiana Jones action. That train scene is really oh good. God. That's just it. That was... And then we'll get to it more. Um, there, the previews kind of showed much of the future action scenes, which, yeah. uh, you know, that's one of my pet peeves is that previews kind of like showing way too much. I saw one recent post where it's, man, I miss when movie previews used to show scenes that were not in the movie and it didn't spoil anything. And it was <laughs> now granted, it wasn't of the Arnold Schwarzenegger last action hero teaser preview. So don't, don't hate my example, but still, um, but yeah, there was a couple of times where I was thinking, Oh, well, we haven't gotten to that part in the preview yet. So that, that kind of brought some things down, but overall I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it, it has hard competition, but I also think this was a great ending for Indiana Jones. Um, they definitely brought a lot more humanity to the character, which I loved. So and I, I, and I, I thoroughly didn't. enjoyed it. I didn't. There's too much humanity in there, and I don't want to, I can't talk about it now. But there were some character choices that I I left me scratching my head. We're going to get to that. But Brian, you recommend people go see it? Absolutely. It's still an Indiana Jones film. There will be things that make you smile, even if it's not going to be your favorite film ever. It is definitely worth going to see. All right, that was our short non-spoiler review. We hope you enjoyed. Now it's time for spoilers. Friends listening at home, you have been warned. Spoilers will commence 
you have been warned. All right, listeners, for all those listeners who are still here, we're going to give you the long. It's going to be full of spoilers as we go through the film. And um, we're not holding back. So, Brian, you brought it up. We start off with de-aged Harrison Ford um, as someone who has seen Tron Legacy and the de-aged work that started there. It's come a long way. And <laughs> I didn't have any problems with this de-aging. I also think it, a lot of the scenes were at night, which helped a lot. But you said it. That was classic Indiana Jones action. Um, first with the castle. Um, it takes place um, takes place when? After Last Crusade? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. they, don't, they don't actually yeah. put a timeline on it, but it almost has to. Because well, yeah, it's the end yeah, of World. It's the like, end of World War II. So it's 1940. Yeah, it's yeah, post D Day. Right. Yeah. So it was after that. So Indy, you know, still is not the perfect hero, which is something we love about him. And then he goes on. Then he gets kidnapped, and then his friend Toby Jones um, gets kidnapped and gets brought on the train. So Harrison's now got to go save him. The original MacGuffin, the spear, which we've seen in other movies, we think that's going to be the big thing, and it's not. Then we get to our dial of destiny is revealed, and Indy's now got to save his friend and this mysterious artifact. I wasn't positive um, that we were dealing with Nazis, but dealing with Nazis makes it feel like an Indiana Jones film versus dealing with Russians in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I think having the Nazis involved again actually made it feel that much more about an Indian, like an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, I didn't mind the the Russians in the last one. It fit with the space theme and the space race and all that. Um, even though we have a another space race in this one, um, so I was I you know Indy kicking those jerks in the face, punching them real good. I'm always down for that. But it was classic Indiana Jones action. Like you talked about, there was one thing that I was like, that looks terrible. And it was when he was jumping from train car to train car. They gave that really wide shot yes. and it looked like Gumby jumping from yep. train car to train car. Um, I it, It's when he's like running on top of it, right? Yep. It was clearly a CGI character running. Yep. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm with you there. Um, that. And I think one other shot that comes up later is what irritated me. Um, this one is directed by James Mangold, who he's, he's in my top five of directors. Now is he on my Rushmore? Mm, no, he's in my top five. He's not on my Rushmore, but he's done films like Logan. Are you begging Ferrari, me to hit the button? The line. No, you're good. He did walk the oh, line. Wanna? I didn't know that. I didn't know he did walk yeah. the line. I can do a director rush more. You want my director rush more? Do you have yours? Everything's made up and the points don't matter. Okay. So my, uh, Brian, you know, my number one, Steven Spielberg. Yes. Ooh, I wonder how many of my four you can get. Oh, I, you want to play or no, I do not No, No, that's fine. That's if fine. James Mangold's top uh, five, yes, two. I will not even get close. Yeah. Number two, Mel Brooks. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, Mel Brooks. 97. Um, and yeah, still funny. Uh, number three, Alfred Hitchcock. Love, Rear Window, Psycho, Vertigo. Uh, number four, Edgar Wright. Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Baby Driver. Should have been Ant-Man. Uh, 
Even though I like Peyton Reed. Yeah. Oh, he kind of lost his way. Anyway, that's a long rant. But yeah, uh, James Mangle is going to be number five. I love Ford v. Ferrari. So, uh, 310 to Yuma. That's another one he did, the remake. Um, ooh, he did Identity. That was a good one. Oh my God. He did the classic romantic comedy, Kate and Leopold. How could you forget that, man? Brian. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Meg Ryan, Hugh Jackman. Oh, how did I forget that? <laughs> Anyways, so he takes over the reins. Um, this needs to be addressed because Wait, Brian. I need to call out one. my favorite directors. <sighs> the Farley brothers, because they did Dumb and Dumber. Move along. James or JJ Abrams when he's not trying to wrap up a story. I love his Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't have a chance to end it because he thought it was not ending. Proceed. James Mangold. Um, so number one, Steven Spielberg directed the other four indies. And then I I think rightfully so turned it over. Um could he have done this? I think if we had gotten the Steven Spielberg who did like Bridge of Spies and The Post, um, I can see that. But I just, I, 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 I think he was running on fumes with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and he wanted what was best for the character. So I at first was very heartbroken and sad. But then when I heard that it was James who was taking over, I was happy. Um, I think he did a great job with all the pressure he was under and what he had to juggle. Um, I know the film is slightly a little long um, and man, actually looking at his list, it's not even, it's probably my second favorite movie from him. So did he, um, did he do what's he, best for the character? That's what, that's the discussion I want to have right now because Indiana Jones lied to right. his friend, said he would destroy the dial of destiny. He never did. He, I understand his son died and actually they brought it back pretty well by why yeah. he and why he and Marion had separated um, because it was due to the death of his son, which hardcore killing Shia LaBeouf off screen. That's giant bummer. Um, but uh, RIP mutt, but still, I just, I think there was a lot of things within this film that didn't seem to fit the character of Indiana Jones, namely how he treated, I was going to say Artem Zola, um, Basil, <laughs> Basil Shaw. Toby Jones. Yeah. Um, I at first was a little irked because I thought they were just going to, because you heard it announced or mentioned in the news article, he lost his son. Um, and then we saw the papers saying that him and Marion were separating. I was like, is that really how you're going to do that? And I was actually pissed that they just killed um, Mutt off like that. I understand, you know, Shia LaBeouf. I understand the, not so much love for the character, but I was like, that's not, that's not how you do it. So then when they came back to it and it was a very dark turn saying how he, I'm guessing uh, he, no, not guessing. He went off to war, mm -hmm. died there. And Marion and Indy took it very hard. Everything. They both took it very hard. And you saw the pictures of Marion. He was, he was like, truly in love. Um, but it went from a guy who regularly traveled the world um, on adventures and archaeological digs um, to 
you saw it teaching a class that no one really cared about um, retiring. Nobody really in his life. Um, he lost a lot. And like I said, I think all those miles finally caught up to him. Um, I, I, I think it was rough that they killed mud, but obviously Shia LaBeouf just isn't going to work and I don't want them to recast it. And plus the replacement um, family member, I think was a better story development, but I, I dug those deep storylines as for him, not um, for him breaking the promise to Toby Jones. The artifact belongs in a museum, but it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't it, in one. I, well, obviously, cause people, people wanted it, you know, and the last time Indy trusted the government with a big artifact that the, <laughs> the bad guys wanted, it ended up in, Area 51. So, um, oh, by the way, speaking of previews, giving away a lot, Tilly called it, where we were going to do the flashback train. I was like, what do you feel like? That's how the movie's going to start. We're going to see young Indy, younger Indy, and then that's how we're going to, somehow that huge scene's going to end, and we're just going to pan into him asleep in the chair, up to, like, the current storyline. I nailed it. I called it. I got that right. I do think um, that I do anyways. think that the the most power one of the more powerful emotional scenes of the film is when she asked him what would you do if you got to go back in time and he said tell my son to not join like I think that was the most emotional moment in the film so they actually paid off Mutt's death with an actually pretty powerful scene and it also described yeah. the the they, absence of Marion throughout the film too. But not only did they sort of flick you in the heart, then they punched you in the heart because then he goes. I would tell my son um, not to like go to war. She's like, how would you do that? I would tell him he dies. That's when like the big punch to the heart came. I was like, okay, we're about to have a moment. And that's, I think people forget that Harrison Ford is not only like a movie star and a major action star. He's an actor. That man can act like watch him in mosquito coast witness. Um, Shrinking. Uh, shrinking. Yep. I I think had this movie had a little bit more meteor scenes for him, he could have been talked about for an acting nomination. He would have never won for it. Um, but I his role, they definitely gave him more to do in this movie as far as a, a character. Yeah, and I think that leads to your lack of action potentially. But oh, anyway, yeah, go ahead and true. go ahead and continue. I guess our next thing probably should be talking about Phoebe Waller Bridges' performance. Uh, I it it took a little bit to grow on me. Um, I I didn't quite. Why was she, why was she trying to sell the artifact? It seemed like she actually wanted to solve the mystery, but then she was trying to sell the artifact. Um, it's like a Gamora well, actually, Star Lord situation, right? Like one of them wants to do the right thing, and one of them wants the money for it. It was just all yeah. in one personality. Um, you know, um, she she's the new character for him to be a father. For him to be a father, like figure two, and then, um, of course, she brings up her reasoning for wanting to find it and solve the mystery, kind of how Indy wanted to search for the grail in the last crusade. And then she, she also had her own short round. 
Yeah. I didn't care for You didn't that. like her? I didn't. No, I, she was fine. I didn't care for the kid at all. Honestly, there was another character that I could have easily written out. Oh, um, by the way, Antonio I didn't Vendera. actually back up parents with small children. I've got four kids. I figured out how to do this, and it's you go see the film, and then your wife can go see the film together, and the second the baby gets fussy, you need to leave. So opening day with a baby, pretty tough. I can't I can't stand for the people talking, so I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, but yes, I didn't care I for the say, kid. You they, assumed I was going off on the baby <laughs> and their parenting skills. I yeah. was going off on the parents for not being good theater etiquette adults. They wanted me to care about the kid emotionally. I just didn't. Maybe it's because I don't have a heart. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is, but I did Says the guy who loves the kids in Thor. I love the kids in Thor. Um, that is a true statement, but I didn't, I didn't dislike this kid as much as I disliked the kid in black Adam, but, um, no man, like I just, you can't ever convince me that he can just fly a plane. Yeah. They tried to force that when he was practicing. Yeah. Um, at the auction, <laughs> I, I was like foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought Phoebe so, Waller bridge was good. Um, I thought she was actually really good. Um, she was really, she was really fun, but I think she's what made the film longer because they wanted you to spend a lot, a lot of time with her and her conflicted personality. You know me, I, I get irritated by characters easily. I didn't get irritated by her. Um, it was just a shame that the preview showed her meeting him, them looking at something, her locking him in to the supply closet, which you you see Indy actually helpless for the first time and kind of like a lost, like elderly person. You're just like, oh my God, this poor guy. Like he, he looks like kind of scared and nervous. And then he even sees his like colleagues who are gunned down. You're like, oh man, this, these people aren't joking around. Yeah. Indiana and Jones then, being framed for murder. Is he the new Ethan hunt? Like what's going on here? Oh, um, but then we get the horse chase scene in the parade, which was shown in the previews and um, the subway too. And in the subway, we, we already knew he was going to get out of it. Um, and yeah, that, Actually, that was the second visual effect shot that irritated me. They showed um, people as balloon handlers, and actually, I'm going to use your Gumby thing. They look like Gumby people, like like holding the balloon. And I was just like, we couldn't get real people to hold a balloon. So that was I. But hey, bravo to them for the de aging. At least I have no concerns about that. All right. So then we get Indy, and then he's reunited. Reunited with Salah feels so good. I tried to force that syllable in there. Um, we get an old friend, and I, I don't. At first, I was like, "Oh my god, he gave up a great life in Egypt. Uh, was it a great life?" And then you see him talking to his family about how he helped them and got them over to America. I was like, "Oh, okay, good." It was a, you know, so I was glad to see him back again. Yeah, that should have never been marketed. Never. Because it lost its important. It's lo- it lost the important because he wasn't a main character in the film. So it would have been a fun cameo yeah. to have surprise, but it ended up yeah. not meaning a lot. Other than he's always good to have around. Hollywood needs to stop advertising the nostalgia in previews. 
I think they've learned that with the flash. Um, I, I want you to, to start saving things for well, the movie. If you didn't market the We're flash see this with movie. nostalgia, I never saw the flash at all. So, yeah. Uh, but like with the, you don't need to, to, you didn't need to give away the whole thing. You didn't need to yeah. open Pandora's box. It's Indiana Jones. Just show explosions and him jumping off and using the whip and we're there. <laughs> so, um, so then let's see, he gets help. Sala drives him to the airport and then we get the lines from the preview about how he missed, I missed the desert. Um, uh, but when he said, you know, I brought some stuff from your place, it's the jacket, the whip, the hat. And he goes, I also brought my passport. I was like, oh, and they bring him. I mean, I know you're not going to bring him because he's not any more of the previews. I hate you previews. But I was just like, oh, that was cute. He brought his passport. Did you think he was going to bring him, Brian? No, no, because you could tell by the, the yeah, like it just, he wasn't going to bring him. John Reese Davies, no. uh, I mean, bless his heart. Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's old enough. That would have just been another <laughs> older body to drag around. The- would have been grumpy old men. Yep. Did you ever see those movies? Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, yeah, Grumpy Old Men, mm-hmm. Grumpy Old. Those were good. And The Odd Couple. Ooh, The Odd Couple Part 2. Um, so anyways, Indy goes off. Um, I keep wanting to call her Amanda Waller. Can I, can, <laughs> um, I hide, can I hijack it again? Yeah, I, go for it. I liked Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I, think he was, yes. I think he was good. However, he had a lot of uh, Sean Bean from National Treasure qualities where he just magically figured out everything just because he watched other people body language. Ooh. Like yeah, they drove he... the boat, they drove the boat one halfway around the world on a friggin' one tank of gas which blew which I was really annoyed by. But like he goes, "Oh, they're driving east. I know exactly where they're headed." And it's just like, "What? They're driving west, not east." I was like, "Okay, nope." But whatever. He just kind of magically shows up. They also and- did on a rescue boat. Yes. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. I just picture I, that rescue boat with them with like a little propeller like Ace Ventura. Just. <laughs> I, I thought his character definitely. I mean, okay. The train opening scene is perfect. I have no problems with the train scenes. So his introduction there. But man, he gets taken out by that like water tower or whatever. So I, I was like, how did he come back from that? We're okay. <laughs> yeah, um, that looked like it hurt, man. So, yeah, I was just like, all right, we're not going to bring up anything. He's fine. Um, I thought him being in the, the stolen goods auction, I felt like that didn't fit organically. Um, it just kind of felt like an old school, like forced, hey, let's get the big actors in one scene together kind of thing. Was I... Was I alone on that, that I felt a little forced that he was there? Again, that's where I get, he's Sean Bean from National Treasure. He's just always where he needs to be to, yeah. be, the, to be the antithesis because he the second he finds out she's got the dial, he knows where she's headed. And I guess they explained it fine enough. But again, I think that scene, the whole, that's called capitalism, was a good line that I've heard a million times now. And I don't even, I didn't even watch these trailers yeah. over and over. I just saw this trailer before every major film for the last eight months. So, yeah. I think the capitalism line was great, but I wish it hadn't been ruined. Like, and again, we should, we should probably just like stop talking about the trailers now because we'll just keep talking about it. But, oh, um, I know, but it was like, I thought well, that that, that scene was good. And then all of a sudden the fiance, I think the car chase scene 
had some good elements to it, but it was too long. It was way, way too long. Especially for the type of vehicles. Um, the fiance thing could have been trimmed. I agree with that. Um, Mads does have two henchmen's. You got Boyd Holbrook, who, uh, if you've seen Logan, know him from that one. Um, I think he was good as Claver. Good little like side henchman. Is that the mustachioed um, man or is uh, that the giant man? That's the mustachio man. Um, I oh my god, the one scene that really stuck out to me is in the parade. He shoots one in the air. Um, everybody ducks, but Indy and him, you just see Indy doesn't even flinch at that stuff anymore. I thought that was epic. But his big uh friend is Olivier Rich Rich Richters, and his character name is Hawk. Hulk? Who? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyways, that guy's huge. That guy's massive. How tall? Guess how tall he is in the real life. Seven foot three. Did you look that up? No, was I right? And seven foot two. Nice. Um, let's he see. He was. He had skinny uh, legs for a guy that size, though. I'm gonna be honest. I'm coming at him. Come fight me. He's a professional bodybuilder. Are you saying he skips leg day? He might. He's huge. Oh my god. Oh, his nickname is the Dutch Giant. Interesting. I don't know why that got an all for me. <laughs> I yeah. don't either. Anyways, the two entrants are good. Uh, not only is he bigger than the um, German mechanic from Raiders, but God, he's way bigger. Oh, my God. He's like a Marvel villain. Um, we got the escape from the auction. You said it. The fiance character. I I guess they were trying to establish more to Helena's backstory as a philanthropist, but I it, it didn't need to be there. Um, so then the car chase happens. Um, and then this is where I could have saved time. Indy goes, you need me. I have a friend boat. I don't, I, I love Antonio Banderas, but we didn't need him. You could have just had Indy on the boat, like, hey, thanks again, Brian. Yeah, anything for you, Indy? And then that's no, it. No, because if um, you cut I Antonio Banderas, we cut the entire thing where there's four things of air tubes going down all at the same time, even though two of the divers have stopped moving altogether. Yep. And Well, <laughs> I did see that. And then, <laughs> but here's the thing. I know Antonio Banderas said a lot. He shot a lot of screen time and they didn't use any of it, which, you know, actor life. Um, but honestly, I, I don't think we needed the electric eels. It wasn't as big of a foul as the uh, swinging monkeys from kingdom of the crystal skull. Um, and, you know, I got a good laugh when the kids like, Oh, they're kind of like sea snakes. No, they're not. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, you know. See, I thought but that was too I thought that I, was too heavy-handed. I'm surprised that you liked that. I thought that was way too heavy-handed. Oh, I make snake jokes all the time. <laughs> Why does Being it in Florida, we get them. I I get teed up all the time for that. Even when someone's like, "Oh my god, Mark, do you want cakes?" Cakes. Why do it have to be cakes? <laughs> I do stuff like that all the time. <laughs> so anyways, um I whatever. Um, I think the eel scene, was it needed? Man, I think we could have saved some of that two hours and 30 minute time there. Um, and then somehow they rightfully cut the, the red shirt guy 
for all you Star Trek fans out there, the red shirt, no name guy that has six back. Um, and then Antonio Banderas gets pulled up and there are others get pulled up for some reason, you know, somehow that happens. And then we have the scene where is Helena double, double duping, double duping, double crossing. Did I, did I make up a word. Double. Thank you. I like double duping better. Sounds like an Oompa Loompa. The old DD. Um, double crossing, <laughs> double crossing Indy. Um, and then we realized, no, it's not. She's got some dynamite in her bucket. Um, so we have that explosion. So they get away. Somehow they catch up to them in the little escape boat. The kid gets kidnapped. Um, and then they just stop and looking Indy for the and kid. Helena, yeah. They're like, he'll be fine. He'll lead them to it. They need him. Oh, okay. I guess that's okay. <laughs> um, so then they find the grave. Um, all of a sudden they notice there's a propeller on the Phoenix. Um, that's curious. There's a watch on the skeleton. Although I did enjoy when Indy was trying to climb up and Helena was like, are you okay? <laughs> and Indy just mentioned all the things that's wrong with him and some throwbacks to temple of doom. So I did like that. Every movie got a throwback. Um, sadly, the, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull one with Mutt was kind of the most depressing throwback, but the other one's got throwbacks. So they get that, and then Indy gets shot. Did you think Indy was in any real danger, Brian? He got shot really close to the heart to be okay. I I figured he was yeah. going to be fine, but that was really close to the heart. Yeah, I, I thought we could have maybe made that like a little higher up shoulder. So anyways, um, they take Indy, they go on the plane, we learn that, hey, we're going to take this plane, um, we got to get back in time. Do, 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 do. We got to help Germany. Do, 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 do. Um, and he's like, oh, wait, what? That's what you're going to do? And then Helena on the motorcycle doing her best impersonation of a Fast and Furious character chases after the plane on a runway where there's heavy rain, um, catches up to the plane, and another Fast and Furious moment with the kid flying a plane with a mysterious sleeping pilot in the backseat. So she gets on the plane somehow. Only her and Vin Diesel couldn't make that work. Um, and Indy's like, wait a minute. No, the continental shift and all that. You're not calculating. We're not going to go to the right place. Oh, no. Panic, tension, stress. And we time hop. I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, oh, my God. Are we, is this another time travel movie? Can we stop doing time travel? Um, so can I tell you the theory I, I had in my head for like 120 seconds in this film? So we've got the kid no. flying the airplane, right? And then we just see the guy wake up in the back of the airplane. And I'm like, this better not be future Indiana Jones, like coming back with like a Harry Potter time Turner situation to like save the day with a Patronus or something. Like I was so... Like I, cause like, why do we have to like tease the guy waking up in the back of the airplane? Like I thought it was going to be like future kid or future somebody like there to save the day. And I was so worried or it was like Archimedes himself. I don't know if, did we even need the, the sleeping pilot? No, it was pointless. Didn't even do any, like, I, I, right. I suppose you can say that's how the kid landed the plane. Like, I don't know. Yeah. For a couple of seconds, I thought it was, I was like, I swear to God, if this is short round and somehow he's on this plane, I was going to be upset. I was like, that's going to be real forced. 
Um, so we get back in time, do, 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 do. And, you know, everyone's celebrating thinking it's 1939 and it's not, it's during a Roman siege, which I thought was a fun twist. Um, I remember talking to people about, Hey, if anyone's going to meet in, you know, aliens or interdimensional creatures, I'm happy it was Indiana Jones. So I'm going to use that logic here. If anyone's going to go back in time, I'm glad it's Indiana Jones. So um, I, I thought, you know, the, the visuals were somewhat cool, but I was also like, why are we flying so low that you're getting hit? Um, battle, 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 explosions, explosions. You know, Brian, we're going to fast forward. The bad guys fall, crash, die, but Indy wants to stay. And part of me, like, no, the, don't don't do timeline. We're like the main characters. Like this is where I belong. I should stay here for all you Michael Michael Crichton fans. Um, I I was like, no, Indy can't stay there. So I I was really nervous that they were going to let him stay there. Were you? I thought that's how you make it the final Indiana Jones film, I suppose. Um, but I never really no. I never really thought like I was. Yeah, I, I mean. No, it just it it wasn't that would have been happen. that would have been a dick move to leave Marion like that and Helena. So I'm then she gave him a a good right hook and knocked him out. So um, I did pick up on the watch when Mads put on his watch, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. is that the same watch? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, how did they get the watch then? So I kind of picked up on that. Looks like you did too. Yep. Um, and then. Indy wakes up in his bed and, you know, he, his jaw is sore and she's like, you know, you're back. Can I clear something up that some people, what? at least in my theater, missed because I heard him talking about it walking out. Archimedes set up the dial only to go back to that one battle. So they because they needed help. That was how that was explained because the people leaving the theater were like, how what are the chances that it would send you right back to that moment? They missed they clearly missed the line where it said Archimedes would only send you back to that moment in time. Going back to 1939 was never ever going to be an option continental drift or not. Yep. Um I definitely had people in my theater going oh, like oh, okay, so you went back to when it no, that's I I'm glad you're clarifying that. Yes. Um, I think that's a good thing. This is not a DeLorean. You can't just go back to wherever you want. Um, you're not just um, time hopping. So, well, and I'm sitting there going, up. how did Archimedes get into the sky to travel through this thing? So then it made more sense. There you go. Yep. I, it, it's, I'm, can I use plausible? No, I think it's, it's <laughs> smartly done. It's not, it's not a dumb time machine um, type moment. So it's not it's not hot tub time machine. Oh, Actually, you beat I, me to it. I was going to I was going to think about that, too. <laughs> um, all right. So Indy's back and Marion walks in. Um, it's time I for was, my other hot take. Mark. I was feeling Go for it. she is not Marion Ravenwood to me. Karen Allen is Mrs. Smalls, Scotty Smalls's mom from the Sandlot. So anyways, Karen Allen walks in, and I'm not even going to address you on that. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, so Karen Allen walks in, and the beautiful Karen Allen, just like, you know what? We're going to bring up Harrison Ford. 
we we first come to current time, Harrison Ford and boxers. That man, God, I hope I look that good in my eighties. How did Brian, I go all this life was, without was, seeing Harrison Ford without a shirt on? And now between shrinking and this, I've seen shirtless Harrison Ford like three times in like six months. I think we need to support this man who <laughs> he works out. Yeah, he looks better than I do. I don't, and I don't, I'm 50 years younger than him. He definitely did not skip leg day. So Karen Allen, um, she also has aged beautifully. They definitely aged her, I think, because of that. Um, they gave her a lot more gray and definitely put on some more makeup just to age her a little bit. But I didn't, I didn't think you needed to. But, hey, it's it's whatever. Um, and then I love, I thought it was cute, the romantic in me, when Indy took the magnet off of Marianne's picture. I didn't, notice he, I didn't notice he moved the magnet. That's cool. I didn't notice that. He put it over it in the beginning when he yeah, looked at the I saw separation that. papers. Yeah. And then at the end, he, she was putting stuff in the fridge. And he was like, hey, hey what are you doing here? Moves magnet. Um, <laughs> so, Brian, I got chills when um, he goes, well, where doesn't it hurt? And it's the throwback to Raiders. And they give each other kisses. I was just like, oh, my God. Her strings are melting right now. I love it. And then the Marion's theme starts to play. John Williams, love you. Um, so then they all leave, go get ice cream. And, you know, Marianne, a little bit before that asks, are you back? I was like, oh my God, what, where are we going with that? Is that like a way to say like, Hey, Dr. Jones, you back. Um, but I dug it. And then we, we get the little Iris clothes on the hat and then he grabs the hat. I loved it. I thought that was a great ending. Yeah. Except what's the hat being used for? Is that the only article of clothing being used at the moment? Fortune and glory, Brian. Adventure Fortune. is out there. Oh my god! Uh, overall, so many. <laughs> overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Too many callbacks, or not? Not too many callbacks. A lot of good callbacks. Thank you. Just too long. No, yep. the callbacks were all good. They they did the nostalgia thing correctly. Um, I thought Mads was no in, bad fan service. Yeah, I thought Mads was a good villain. I thought uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge yep. was good. The kid was annoying. Sala was probably just a little bit too much nostalgia if they ever went wrong. Um, but overall, uh, I would, I'm would i comfortable putting it three out of five. Nothing irritated me. I didn't eye roll anything. Um, I definitely agree. I think we could have trimmed 15 minutes of it. The rewatchability is there. Um, I, I will give it four out of five just because I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Um, like last crusades four and a half out of five and Raiders is a five for me. So I think four is pretty great. Um, do you think you'll watch it again? Probably not in theaters or no, probably not in theaters, especially with how July stacking up with mission impossible and Oppenheimer. Probably I'm probably not. I, I mean, I'll probably go see Barbie. Honestly, we might have to do a double yeah. review episode of Barbie and Oppenheimer together. I'm, I'm there for it. But yeah, Indiana Jones loved it. Please go see it. Um, John Williams, his music. There was a lot of good new stuff to it. Really good. Um, really as well good score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwback themes. Even the Raiders March. It wasn't just recycled somewhat like it was for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He updated it. You know, new indie, new indie adventure. We got to update the Raiders March. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. But he never climbed into a fridge and I'm sad. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. Well, that concludes United We Fan as we review Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on our long and short non-spoiler and spoiler review. Chip and Company Podcast Network, thank you for having us on our new home. United We Fan feels welcomed. Please check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a like and review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Fans, till we unite again, remember, fortune and glory. You're confused. My name is Schmidt. Professor Schmidt of Alabama University. Hey guys, Dizlife Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip & Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com.